You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Nick Winkler, my guest today on a little Winky Tuesday. Change things up. I was going to do the defensive side of the ball as far as free agents go, but there's too much news around the NFL. The DAC signing, all the free agent uh, franchise tags that are happening. So now we know, and still players are getting cut, so um, it'll settle down a little bit, I think, for Wednesday's show. I'll do the defensive side of the ball. Thursday, I'll do offense when it comes to outside free agents that the 49ers could potentially be involved with, although they don't have a lot of cash, so I don't know how many of these players they'll be involved with, but I'll still rank them out and, and highlight some of the players I think the 49ers could go after in free agency, starting with defense tomorrow, but today is all about my guest, Nick Winkler, so let's get this Winky Tuesday rolling. Nicholas Winkler, come on down! Nick, how are you, sir? How are things? Oh, not too bad, buddy. It's like you said, man, it's so much fun seeing all this NFL news. It's like it comes in bunches and waves. It's like we'll have like a little tidbit here, little tidbit there. And then every once in a while you get that day where you wake up and it's like news, 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 news. This is amazing. It's crazy. I don't I did. I expected the franchise tag deadline to get pushed back. And then also there was no combine this year. So it feels too early to have all this going on now. But we're a week away from free agency all of a sudden. Right, yeah, the the regular season gets started, or the the new year season gets yes. started next week, and and yeah, it's whoo, man, we're gonna start seeing more and more of this, aren't we? Like, oh, so and so agrees in principle to, to you know this and that, and it's like, wait, the league hasn't even started. How are they making deals? What's yeah, going on? Big money for Dak. The Dallas Cowboys is really Oof. funny because they gambled on this for years. I don't know what they were mm-hmm. thinking. They should have signed Dak a long time ago. They should have signed him the first day you could possibly sign someone after their rookie contract, right? Or towards the end of their rookie contract, because it was clear from day one that Dak Prescott was the guy after they drafted him in the fourth round four years ago. Yeah, and he came right through it and, and was, a, was a starter pretty early on there. And, and yeah, and he showed that, yeah, he could play in the league. So you're right. They definitely are paying now for, for mistakes made a couple of years ago. But $120 million in guaranteed money? Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, that's the important part. So Dak oh. played it out. He bet on himself and even with the injury. So there is a little bit of... Like, how's he going to look after this injury right now, right? right? So a little bit of a It's not some the small injury. No. This is a serious one. It's a massive injury. They've got guarantees. They're locked in. So Cowboys Oof. definitely played this wrong. He should have already been signed and be playing under a much smaller level. He actually procedurally got the franchise tag because the, the ink is not dried yet on his contract, so they're still trying to figure that out. And there might be some other players that got the franchise tag that will get long-term deals done. But Dak Prescott is officially, now that the deadline is over, one of the franchise tag E's. I want to run through some of these and see if any um, of the, the the guys who were tagged and the guys that might have been that were not pique your interest for the 49ers on the free agent market. So Dak got okay. the tag officially, has a new deal in place. Justin Simmons, safety for the Broncos. He got tagged, but they're working towards a deal, so I don't think he's going to play under that $13.7 million tag, and he got tagged last year, too. So, obviously, when you get tagged a second time, it goes up. Uh, Another safety in Marcus May from Robert Sala's New York Jets got the tag. Chris Godwin, wide receiver from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won't hit the market. Neither will Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, although I suppose you could still trade for any of these players that do uh, have the franchise tag and some tackles off the market, which... I think that the offensive tackle movement and stuff today helps and it hurts the 49ers as far as Trent Taylor or Trent Williams, excuse me, is 
concerned. I got I have Taylor on the brain here as I'm looking at Taylor Moten's name, tackle from the Carolina Panthers, who was franchise tagged in Carolina, and then Cam Robinson tagged by the Jaguars. But the big one with the Jaguars that stands out to me is Cam Robinson. First of all, I'm not sure he's quite worth that money, that it's going to be nearly $14 million because he's been okay as a starting offensive tackle since being drafted in the second round, I believe, in 2017. But that means one of the teams with the most money to spend now has their left tackle under contract and franchised, so they probably will not be in the bidding for Trent Williams, which means they won't bid up his total value and they won't actually pull him away from the 49ers. So I think that's a good sign for the 49ers with Cam Robinson getting tagged. Uh, Brandon Scherf, guard from Washington, tagged. And let's see, Leonard Williams, defensive lineman for the New York Giants, and Marcus Williams, safety for the Saints. I think I already said that one, didn't I? I don't know. But I don't know. See, the Saints is the weird one. So the Saints are the team that is the most underwater as far as the salary cap. I don't know how they can put guaranteed money on the table of $10 million for a safety for a season. So I don't understand what the Saints are going to be able to do here to get underneath this salary cap. This is going to be fascinating. They've always been the best at manipulating the cap, so we'll find out how real the salary cap is when the Saints still get under it this year somehow. Yeah, I was going to say you should go out and try to find like a Saints expert to come on the show and be like, hey, so talk to me here. Who's getting cut? Like, How are they going to make this work? Because when I look at it, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't think they know. I don't think anybody yeah. knows. It's 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 magical <laughs> the way they're able to do this. But um, uh, some players that did not get the tag, one name is really interesting, Seahawks cornerback Shaquille Griffin, who would be a yeah. nice fit for the 49ers who might be looking for a corner. He didn't get tagged. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to afford him. But at least, you know, give a call to the agent and make the Seahawks pay even more if they still try to re-sign him. A couple of tight ends on the open market, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, John U. Smith from the Titans, Chris Carson, Seahawks running back, will be a free agent. Uh, Aaron Jones running back for Green Bay Packers. And Kenny Galladay is the surprising one. I don't know why they didn't tag him. They should have at least tagged and traded him in Detroit, but he's going to hit the open market. Kenny Galladay would be fun in the 49ers offense, but they don't have money to spend on a big-time free agent wide receiver, unfortunately. Well, every name you said there, I would love to have on the 49ers football team. <laughs> it all sounds nice, but I think all of them are going to be expensive, right? Like, I don't see the 49ers going in on any of those guys, especially when top priority is locking up Trent Williams, and he's going to be very expensive. And you hear this number, $28 million, and it's like, well, how much of that's going to Trent? Like, uh, hopefully a lot of it, because you want to keep this guy around and protect your quarterback's blindside. I could see Kenny Galladay with the Jets. They need some wide receiver help, and they're probably going to be drafting a quarterback, so help that guy out with some offensive linemen and some weapons on offense. Um, They do have the money to spend. Shaquille Griffin is probably the one name for the 49ers that I could see potentially happening. And one thing that could allow the 49ers to jump into the free agent market and maybe go spend on someone like Shaquille Griffin or go spend on a Galladay, very unlikely, or go spend on, say, Corey Lindsley, the Packers' center, is if they aren't able to bring back Trent Williams. And that's a big chunk of money they'd be mm-hmm. spending on him. Maybe that'll allow them to say, okay, look, well, now we got to go cheap at tackle, maybe draft a guy. Now we can spend elsewhere, and maybe they can do more on the defensive side of the ball, pass rusher, uh, a corner, maybe some weapons on offense, something like that. I could see that being one of the ways they could potentially go, although I still think it's very unlikely in that um, now it's maybe the Colts is the only team I'm really worried about signing away Trent Williams at this point. Oh, yeah, that, that that's terrifying. <laughs> I, I hate thinking about other teams wanting Trent Williams, but I know he's going to be highly coveted. Like he's, you know, he came back and he showed that he is still one of the best tackles in the NFL. And yeah, you, you also mentioned it was kind of good that, you know, a couple of tackles got franchise tagged 
or at least the one did. But at the same time, it's like that's one less guy out on the market that a team that needs a tackle can go sign. So I guess that also could raise Trent Williams' value as well, right? Right. So it's a little good and bad. Right. The the thing that's interesting to me is I think – Probably the top free agents. I mean, we just saw it with Dak. And maybe this is a sign that the cap is going to be bigger than we expect. And the floor is $180 million, I think, is what the league sent out to teams. And then mm-hmm. Albert Breer and the Monday morning quarterback had his uh, projections from somebody that worked for some team, an unnamed cap expert within an organization that laid out every team's cap number as they had it. And they had a projected salary cap of $183 million. I think it might be closer to 190 And if it is, mm-hmm. maybe that helps out everybody. But as of now, I think the top of the market free agents are still going to get paid. It's really going to hurt the secondary guys and the and the the free agents that usually sign, you know, in the second wave after because you know a lot of them come out on the first day of boom 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 yeah. And you hear about all the big ones sign right away. I think those guys are still going to get paid. It's the next ones. It's like, is there going to be money for backup quarterbacks? That might help the 49ers to go get a really cheap Fitzpatrick or a really cheap Andy Dalton or something like that. Uh, so. Those types of players, I think, are going to get hurt. The second wave, third wave free agents, and some of them might be waiting all the way into the summer. Yeah, I also saw uh, today you were talking about the you had Taylor on the brain, and you know there's there's Trent's and Trent Brown also didn't he get traded yes, back there's to Trent's the Patriots everywhere. or something? Uh, Trent, this is the most Patriots move of all time. The yeah. Patriots currently have an extra third round pick, if I'm not mistaken, a comp pick for letting Trent Taylor or gosh, there it is again, <laughs> Trent Brown. That's two strikes. For letting Trent Brown walk in free agency, and now they have traded for him again. They already traded for him from the 49ers, but now they're getting a third-round pick, and all they had to give up was a fifth and get a seventh back in next year's draft, the 2022 (laughs) draft, to bring back Trent Brown after they let him walk in free agency and got a comp pick for him. So that's a fantastic move. And there's another free agent, Kyle Van Oy, who got cut recently, who... The Patriots, I would not be shocked at all if they did the exact same thing because they let him walk and got a comp pick. That's why the Patriots have a bunch of day two picks, which they might have to spend one on Jimmy Garoppolo, which I want to ask you about next, Nick, about the latest about Jimmy G being the Patriots plan A. And we've talked about this a little bit, but maybe it's become a little bit more reality with uh, uh, now some some smoke to this fire that that maybe there is a team and uh, a potential deal to be worked out. When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo leaving the 49ers, that coming up next, and some listener questions. There are odds at betonline.ag about Russell Wilson's future. Might need to go back and take a second glance at those odds. With some of the latest news coming out of Seattle, there is draft futures. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next season? NBA, NHL, and of course, one of the funnest things to bet on that there is in the sports world March Madness. A ton of table games, betting on TV shows even. The ways to win money are endless at Bet Online. Real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you remember, Nick, a few weeks ago when I asked you the question, look, what would a team like the Patriots, which is obviously the team that makes the most sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe the, the Bears too, but and maybe that's what the 49ers need is a bidding war between two teams that like Jimmy G. Mm. But 
you, I believe it was, you said a second, like I asked you, what would it take for you to say today, the Patriots made an offer for Jimmy G, what would it take? And you say yes to that today and not have to let this thing play out with Jimmy G through the off season and see what maybe you're going to have after the draft or maybe what you can get in trade on the quarterback market. And you said a second rounder, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to get back what you gave, you know, that sort of thing. And and plus, you know, you can get some great talent in, in the second round. You know, I I think that's yeah. where I'm at still. I think, but again, you're you're right. If you get the Bears in there, or if the Jets are thinking like, hey, let's just try to win now. You know, we got all this money. Let's let's bring in a quarterback. Let's let's go out and sign some big name free agents. You know, maybe they bring in an Aaron Jones or something like. You know, that'd be awesome if some teams started going after him and and there was a bidding war and you could get multiple picks for a guy like Garoppolo. I think they can get that second rounder. Yeah, I would love to know what the offer was or if it was one of those conversations where Bill Belichick calls him up and say, hey, remember that second rounder we spent on Jimmy G? Might be able to get that back. We're not offering it officially, but we just we're just having we're just having a chat here. So I wonder what if it was an exploratory conversation, if there was like actually like, look, here is our offer. Mm-hmm. And it expires, you know, draft day or it expires the first day of the league year. You know, is it something that the Patriots need to do now? Because they that that deal could potentially if there was an official offer there, if the Patriots and the report wasn't that they like Jimmy G. It was this is their plan A and they pretty much don't have a plan B. It was far and away their plan A is to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in New England. And it's somewhat surprising. And if that is the case, maybe Garoppolo's worth more than and maybe that's part of. John Lynch publicly saying, oh, Jimmy G's our guy and being really confident about Jimmy G being there. You know, maybe there's some posturing going on. I have, I mean, this this offseason, it could be extremely wild. It's already been crazy enough already with the twists that we've seen and more could happen. But Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots just seems at this point almost as likely as Jimmy Garoppolo starting for the 49ers this year. I mean, it feels like the Patriots and the 49ers front offices have a great relationship, right? I mean, there was this yes. trade. There was also, wasn't there the Trent Brown on, yeah. so Trent on Brown, draft day trade? That was a draft day trade, and this could be another draft day trade. In a, I didn't even put, I didn't even think about that. Very similar, because I talked yeah. about this a little bit on yesterday's show. The 49ers, it makes more sense for them to make a trade if it's even if it's agreed upon already and the Patriots know and the 49ers know to wait until right. draft day till they have that pick lined up where they do take a quarterback, then make the trade. So everybody does because imagine what we would have thought if Trent Brown was traded the day before right. the draft. We'd have been like, oh, okay, everything. offensive tackle is where the 49ers are going to go. They kept that hush hush. They could do the same thing only on the quarterback front this year and, you know, do the thing that John Lynch said he did where he was a smoke screen at the Texas tech pro day when he was watching Patrick Mahomes and then called Kyle Shanahan and said, maybe we should rethink this after watching it. But they were, they were there not because they wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes, but a smoke screen to make teams think they were interested in quarterbacks. I wonder if maybe the four, it would be pretty obvious actually. And maybe they shouldn't do this. If the 49ers weren't at all the pro day workouts for the quarterbacks this year, then you know, they're really in on it. Right. (laughs) But it could be a similar situation where it's announced on draft day that this trade happens because they either have to get their quarterback first or they don't want teams to know that they need a quarterback that badly when they are uh, when the first round does get going. Yeah, and I'm you know the more I'm sitting here listening to you talk and, and listening to your podcast and you know looking at all these mock drafts and everything like the more and more I'm liking the idea of you know trying to get a second rounder for Jimmy, maybe trading up a little bit, getting one of these young quarterbacks and signing a guy like Fitzpatrick to come in and, and start the regular season and have one of these young guys, you know, learn behind a seasoned veteran who has has won in this league. I'm leaning more and more towards it. Okay, Nick, power rank your 
either backup quarterback for Jimmy G, and I think mm-hmm. it's, it's probably the same group of guys that you would sign for a veteran quarterback that would back up Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. or a stopgap quarterback that would either back up or help mentor and start for, you know, ideally not very long in front of a rookie quarterback this right. year. Power rank your veteran quarterbacks that would be that stopgap or backup QB for the 49ers in 2021. Yeah, for me, I still think the number one is Fitzpatrick. I really think he's he's still a winner. He proved last year with Miami, you know, last couple of years, uh, you know, when he was with Tampa Bay, like he still got the arm, he still got the brain, he still he still got it all figured out. He seems like the kind of guy too. He went to Harvard, right? I mean, he could figure out a Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, too smart. I, I like the scouts would say he's too smart. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't too like you to be too smart because you might uh, overthink it. Yeah, you might overthink, and you might realize that uh, maybe doing two-a-days and running gassers at practice isn't the best idea in 100-degree heat. And you'd be and right, he but they don't do want second-guessers. They don't want <laughs> second-guessers. You bring in an old guy like that, and maybe he gets the occasional veteran day off yeah. to, to go study his playbook. Um, you mentioned his name earlier, too. I think Andy Dalton would probably mm-hmm. be my second guy. He's still young enough. He's also you know, one in this league. He's still got the arm. He, he didn't look great in Dallas last year, but they had a pretty terrible offensive line. So... Uh, it'd be, I'd love to see him, you know, as that stopgap or as the backup to Jimmy G, you know, bring in somebody that won't be, I, I hope they are in that second tier where they're, you know, they're, they're asking for a certain amount, but it's not out there. Mm-hmm. So they have to settle for a little bit less money. Also, I'd love to see, you know, a guy like Matt Ryan get cut, you know, and, and maybe you can bring him in and, and have him there uh, with the 49ers oh, yeah. or, uh, reunite with, uh, with Shanahan sort of thing. I, I would love the idea of all three of those guys. So there's a few other names I want to run by you. The the mm-hmm. Alex, or I mean the um, the Matt Ryan one is interesting because they definitely aren't going to cut him. I think they're going to roll with him first of all. But if they were right. to cut him, it'd be June first. It'd be a post June first. That'd be cut. too late. And would you already have your plan? Would you right. already have? I mean, it, it would probably be too late. But um, there's a few other names out there. I'm just going to throw them at you, and you can shuffle them in with the, the okay. names you've already put uh, put on the on the board or. Just say flat, yeah, don't like it. No. Uh, how sure. about Cam Newton? No. By the way, he can't Ryan, throw the ball down the field, right? I mean, <laughs> I, we, I watched him a lot last year. He's not the same guy. I think that's no. pretty clear. Um, I think he's out. Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, a couple of days ago, there was a report that he was set to retire because he wasn't going to have enough, he wasn't having enough free agent interest. And at first, I was like, uh, the tampering period doesn't start until <laughs> right. the 15th. So, how does he know it? In, is it. People couldn't That's possibly. That's how you spark interest. You make yourself unavailable. <laughs> People couldn't possibly <laughs> making calls behind the scene and tampering, could they? Uh, right. I think that might be the case. I think everyone knows exactly who wants them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was another Ian Rappaport report that contradicted it, and uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick said he wanted to play. So I think uh, nice. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's back. The Fitz magic okay. is back in play if the 49ers want to go that route. Woohoo! Jacoby Brissett. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely be into Brissett. With the 49ers again, it would have to be at the right price. Um, and yeah, and he's he's still not. What is how old is he? I feel like he's been in the league a long time, but maybe not that long 29. But he was like a, okay. a you know, a red shirt senior, so he was an aged prospect when he came into the league. It wasn't like he was an underclassman, red shirt sophomore, or anything like that. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he's around. another you know, Bill Belichick guy, right? I mean, yeah, yeah the, he he definitely has a type when it comes to quarterbacks, and I'd like to have those types on my football team. So, yeah, I'd be down with Brissett, sure. I move him, move him into that number three spot. Yeah, the reason Brissett even became a thing, right, is because he was the number three to Jimmy G, and Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt when yeah. when Tom Brady was hurt. And then That's right. Jacoby Brissett jumped in there. Another smart guy, by the way. There's a lot of smart guys that are available. I like smart guys. 
Smart guys make great backups. Yeah, I'm into it. Hold that clipboard. And uh, I can't believe you didn't bring this name up, and I'm surprised he wasn't at the top of your list. Alex Smith is now a free agent. Yeah, I, it, it terrifies me. It really does. Like, you, you watched him play last year, and he looked good, but he looked like the same old Alex Smith. You know, it, let's not forget what it was like having Alex Smith as our quarterback for the oh-so-many years of just check down, <laughs> check down, check down, check down, check Again. down. Like, that, the, the, I feel like we've we've glorified him now that he's gone, yeah, and well, it's like, oh, it's this amazing comeback story, and let's bring him back. And I don't know, I don't know if I want it. It's amazing how long he was a quarterback for the 49ers because it took yeah. so long for him to develop. And again, another smart guy, and it took too long. Yeah. And he had to, he, he he was thinking too much early on in his career. And I remember back to the 2005 draft when it was Rogers versus Smith debate. And of course, the famous thing was Alex Smith opened the door for his mother or something like that when they had dinner with the with the front office and the coaching staff right. and Mike Nolan loved that. And that's what sealed it. That was the tiebreaker for Oof. Mike Nolan, which, you know, whatever, but sealed his fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Alex Smith took forever to develop. But I remember urban Meyer, who was his college coach at Utah at that point, like that was what four jobs ago for urban Meyer. He said that, that Alex Smith would be non-functional until he really gets the offense down. And it would take him a while because he really needs to know it inside and out first. And he's not a backyard type of player. And I he, and Urban Meyer nailed it, right? Like that, yeah. I, that sticks out to me so much for some reason. And he nailed it. And it took Alex Smith forever to finally be comfortable. And he was really young anyway. I think he was a redshirt sophomore coming into the league. And he was such a baby-faced young guy and uh, pretty athletic. But, you know, became sort of a check down Charlie. But that's one of the reasons I like Alex Smith as that veteran mentor back up to a young really athletic, really big-armed rookie because you can sort of sort of calm the wild stallion in the rookie, right? And it happened with Patrick Mahomes. You you almost want that young quarterback to check down more in, in most mm-hmm. cases. It's like, look, don't hold on to the ball too long and look for the big play every single time. Strike when the iron is hot. And, and I think that's the perfect combination so maybe you don't want Alex Smith starting for you maybe he's not the guy you think is going to lead you to the playoffs but he might be the perfect guy to be the mentor for the rookie quarterback which is the role I really love for Alex Smith the question would be you know at the beginning of the season is the rookie ready is Alex Smith going to lead you to a bunch of wins is it worth that gamble and save a lot of money and moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo first and not knowing who that quarterback is going to be for you week one that's where I think the 49ers probably don't want to just jump in with two feet and no quarterback uh, like in the middle of March. For me, I think Alex Smith would make more sense as Jimmy G's backup. You know, if you brought him in for a cheap amount and he's that guy that could come off the bench and, and still lead you to some victories. And, and cause he showed, you know, he showed that in Washington, you know, he showed he's won everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, it took him, a, like you said, it took him a while in, in San Francisco to do it, but I just, I, like you, you mentioned Urban Meyer's name. I mean, doesn't Smith just end up back in Jacksonville? You know, behind whoever the their young quarterback they draft is. You know, is he going to be there with with Trevor Lawrence? Like, that just makes a whole lot of sense to me. That makes a ton of sense, actually. Um, Alex Smith's from California. I think his wife's That's from true. California, so that might be a reason that he wants to come west instead. Mm-hmm. Maybe some coaching in his future. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it just yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. You know, like yeah. I love the. The thought of him coming back to the 49ers full circle, like all that, it's just, let's really sit here as 49er fans and think back to, you know, what a difference it was when Kaepernick took over, 
Remember? Remember that feeling very of like, different. oh, this is it. It was very this different, but it was it. also like that was there was some prime Alex Smith moments too. If we had that yeah. Alex Smith from the Saints game. Sure. You know, that, he had that some was, good moments. And he won a lot. They were a playoff took team. over, right? It was just like a whole new level. Yeah. He played playoff caliber quarterback. It's hard to you, you got to throw out because he's not going to be that first five or six years of right. his career, Alex Smith, but he's not going to be the prime Alex Smith either. Um, yeah. More the the thing I the thing I want least for Alex Smith is to come back and get hurt. Like that's the thing yeah. that worries me the most. That's like, what ter- that, that terrified thing I was mentioning story earlier. Storybook not- ending, kind of leave it there would be smart. Yeah. But if he's gonna play, you know, be the backup for the 49ers and, and mentor a rookie quarterback, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be all right. Let's get to that mailbag. Let's get to some of those questions coming up on this uh, weekly wink locked on 49ers. With the ever-increasing number of makes and car models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't even see what's going on on the screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Chain stores have different price tiers, for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com. To shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they seriously have everything. Makes and models that I didn't think uh, they would have anywhere near the amount of parts for. Uh, They have you covered at rockauto.com. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box. So they know we sent you amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com saw an interesting one here this is a little bit of a hot take from matt miller the nfl draft scout now doing some work for espn used to be bleacher report he's got his own website at nfldraftscout.com and uh, keith brought it to our attention he tagged both of us and if you just look at this tweet and you look at the response from 49ers fans by the way matt miller grew up a 49ers fan too so this is coming from a 49ers fan and draft analyst in matt miller uh he he didn't portray a kind picture of the 49ers front office and uh basically this is what matt miller said and i I have some thoughts and i'm kind of on board with matt miller and kind of not at the same time he said (laughs) all right so this is just this was his tweet 2017 solomon thomas reuben foster passed on mahomes and watson 2018 mike mcglinchy average starter 2019 bosa injured two of three years 2020 kinlaw one and a half sacks traded for buckner and Ayuk injured. 49ers have to start hitting on early round picks and the QB position. It's year five and the roster is about to be ripped apart by free agency with a front office that hasn't proven it can draft to replace O and the franchise quarterback still isn't on the roster. What are your thoughts about that take? And there's an article as well, you know, so it's, you know, it's not just the tweet. There's an article that he wrote about this and on the surface, this is a critical offseason, so I agree with him sure. there, but 49ers fans are really mad at him for projecting the idea that the 49ers have been bad at drafting, especially with those early round picks. 
It's hard to argue that they've been great with the early round picks, obviously. I mean, you see it here, you know, Ruben Foster, big whiff, Solomon Thomas, big whiff. McGlinchey, he's still got time to, you know, figure out how to pass block. Uh, Bosa, the injured two or three years, obviously he's referring to his last year at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. He had the core muscle injury and a lot of the workouts he couldn't do leading up to the draft when the 49ers took him. And actually, but he's a franchise player. He's a guy you build around, you know, it was a freak injury last year. So that one I don't, I can't get on board with Kinlaw one and a half sacks. Like, you don't, you don't draft a defensive tackle to get you a ton of sacks. Like there's more to his game than that. Plus, you know, he's young and he's a big body guy and he showed improvement throughout the year. Ayuk injured. I mean, he missed a couple games and that obviously they just shut him down at the end of the year. Like Ayuk looks to be the real deal. He's exciting. He's electric. I, you know, it's hard to argue with the, yeah, they have to start hitting. I mean, they hit a few there, you know, they just, they weren't hundred percent. I'm sure if you look at every team's first round draft picks over the last four or five years, you know, they're not a hundred percent. They, right, they no. definitely miss on occasion. Um, but yeah, this, you, you're totally right. This is, is super critical off season for this, front office because you go from two bad seasons to the Super Bowl to another bad season like you better go back up like they're not going to sit around <laughs> and let you have a couple more bad seasons like it, it's time to get this thing figured out this number 12 pick or whatever you do you trade up you trade down like yeah they, they need to get it right I agree with that I want to go back to the Bosa one because that's mm-hmm. that, that one's really interesting and the idea that how much can you know and how much can you project injuries and more injuries for players sure. who have been injured because there was some of that with Bosa. He was hurt. He had the core muscle injury, played only a couple of games at Ohio stage last year and couldn't do his full. Uh, he did do a lot of workouts actually, but I what? think he shut it down, right? It he wasn't sh- like, yeah, he, he shut it down play. and he could have come back and he yeah. actually did. Now that I think about it, he ran at 40. So he did most of his workouts. I think right. he was limited a little bit in his offseason workouts before the draft, but he wanted to get ready for the draft, and he did shut it down at Ohio State. Rather, When than you know to you're going to be back. a top pick, why go out and risk right, the injury right, right. again if you don't have to? But he still did miss most of a season because of an injury, mm-hmm. and then he had the ACL from high school as well that, that wasn't even mentioned here, and then missed all of last year with, a, with an ACL again. So that's two ACLs. You already had one ACL on record in the core muscle injury. So uh, the injury history is starting to pile up for Nick Bosa. So I get that, but at the same time, there was no other pick to be made. He is a superstar type of player and a building block player. If he stays healthy, you, I don't think there was enough evidence to say, oh, this guy's just going to be hurt every other year in the right. NFL, right? So I think the 49ers can get a pass not knowing. A, it, it's just too hard to project those injuries. But at the same time, I don't think the Niners should necessarily get credit for drafting a, a star player at number two when he was the only pick to be made. They. They had the number two pick. It wasn't like sure. they drafted him in the third round or something That's like that. A great either, call. Right? Yeah. They didn't trade up into the end of the first round to nab Nick Bosa. Everybody in the world knew who Bosa, Nick Bosa was dating back to his dad who was drafted in the 80s. So I don't know if you should, even if Bosa doesn't get hurt ever again and is a Hall of Famer, I don't know that the Niners should get a ton of credit for that either because there wasn't another pick to be made. Now, if they would have screwed that up and gone and drafted Josh Allen as some uh, people wanted him to, wanted the Niners to do or some other prospects there. Not the quarterback, but the pass rusher that the Jaguars drafted out of Kentucky, Josh Allen, and Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama, now playing in the middle of Robert Sala's defensive line with the New York Jets. With number two in 2019, those people are awful quiet. There was a lot of people that actually (laughs) didn't like Nick Bosa, and they wanted to go a different route. Nick Bosa was the only pick to be made there, so I don't think we should. You could go with the flip side, too, though, right back to 2017 when, you know, Solomon Thomas was projected top five, wasn't he? I mean... Everybody had him on that board at the top yeah. five, and he seemed like 
he was going to be that guy that could fit into pretty much any system, like big body defensive end. Like Yes and no. Actually, that, let's go back. Hold on, because I have some yeah. receipts there on that. But the Bosa one, my point with Bosa is I don't think the Niners should get a ton of credit or mm-hmm. either way. Like if he's hurt, right. whatever, if, if he's amazing, they shouldn't get credit for that either because they had the number two pick. What else were they going to do? <laughs> they drafted the best player. And that was what hard 30, to argue that yeah. 32 teams would have made that selection. Right. Number two, essentially, unless you needed yeah, even then, because after Murray was gone, he was the only other player that could have gone ahead of Bosa. So I, I don't even look at 2019 because that was the only pick to be made. The Niners made the pick that they had to make there with Bosa. So mm-hmm. uh, positive, negative, whatever. I'm not even counting that one. Um, 2017 is an interesting one. You brought up Solomon Thomas. Some people liked him. I know a person that did not like him. His name is Brian Peacock. He's doing the podcast with you right now. I, I didn't mm-hmm. dislike him. I didn't hate him, but he wasn't in my top 10 players or anything like that. Right. Um, I did like Mitch Trubisky somewhat, so that's not a great look, but I actually have <laughs> I actually have my big board from 2017. This dated 25th of April 2017. This was pretty much my last rankings going into the draft here. And... I, I want to say I remember who you picked, but go ahead. Yeah, so, um, and I was obviously, I did the shadow 49ers. What's interesting is I didn't pick my, I didn't pick the guy I had ranked, which frustrates me now, even though I picked a good player. Uh, did you had, want Jamal Adams? I, I took Jamal Adams, but I actually had Deshaun Watson rated one spot higher. But I chickened I mean, out. Either on the, way, those are both home runs. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, and still Jamal Adams is a home run, but I chickened out on yeah. the quarterback, and I think I maybe drank the Kool-Aid because I knew the Niners weren't going to go QB there. And mm-hmm. I went with Jamal Adams, the safety, which is ballsy in its own right to take a safety number three overall, right? That's pretty high sure. to take a safety, even though he went three picks later. Uh, but I had, a, I had a tier of players that I wanted the Niners to draft from at pick two. This is when they still had the second pick, hadn't traded yet. Miles Garrett, number one. He was the, you know, he was the guy that you hoped you could possibly get, and you hoped the Browns would screw it up and take a quarterback so the Niners could get Miles Garrett. They didn't screw it up. They took Garrett, number one. I had Trubisky and Watson, two and three. They were very close for me. And I remember the exact... I remember a lot of talk. I remember the exact thing that was the tie... And then the last person in that tier was Jamal Adams, who I had as my Shadow 49ers pick at three overall. And there was a big gap after that. Deshaun Watson, the tiebreaker, why I had Trubisky over Watson, it feels so stupid in, in hindsight, is that Watson's miles per hour when he threw the ball was like below this threshold. And it was it was all the rage, this, this how hard can you throw... And mm-hmm. Watson didn't have this big cannon arm coming out. And there was so much questions like, okay, he's on this. Re- it's, it's a lot of the similar stuff that you bring up with Tua and Mac Jones. Now it's like, well, you're on such a good team. You're on this powerhouse right. national championship team. Are you really driving the boat? Or are you just a f- solid quarterback, but you had so much more talent than everybody else. And there was a big question there. And I think Sean Watson being as good as he is in the NFL has really helped Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's like, oh yeah, okay. Same program. You know, that, a lot of people scout the helmet and don't scout the player. Um, mm-hmm. But with Deshaun Watson, he threw his miles per hour uh, at the combine when during workouts was really low. And it was below the threshold of any good quarterbacks ever since however long it had been tracked by this group of people who were adamant that it was really important. And there was some evidence to back it up. A growing group of people that were really buying into this idea. And Watson was on the cusp of like this disqualifying zone. And it's since, and partially because of Deshaun Watson, kind of been a thing that's been debunked and is kind of a stupid measure. But at the time, I bought into it, and it was enough to just be the tiebreaker because I needed to separate those two quarterbacks. So I had right. Garrett, Trubisky, Watson, and Jamal Adams. And I chickened out on the quarterback in Adams at three and went with the safety for whatever reason. And uh, that was a while ago now. I don't remember exactly what my reasoning was or my thinking. 
I did truly believe in Jamal Adams and thought he was a tone setter, thought he was a culture changing kind of a player on and off the field, like locker room guy that that you want to bring in and build around and really set the tone for a new regime. John Lynch being a strong safety himself. I just I just kind of like that fit. I thought he was the safest player in the draft. Like there was no way Jamal Adams was going to miss because of the way he played and how smart he played and how athletic he was and how he was good at just about everything. But anyway, uh, I did not have Solomon Thomas uh, at the top for me. Solomon Thomas was actually one spot ahead of Patrick Mahomes here at 15. They were 15 and 16 overall on my big board. No, I'm sorry, 13 and 14. Mahomes really grew on me. I didn't know what to do with him. I wasn't really sure, but he kept moving up and moving up and moving up and eventually got into the middle round one type of area for me. I mean, a lot of people loved Solomon Thomas, so I think I was an outlier of, I just kind of didn't see it because I thought he was an inside guy. I think I really nailed Solomon Thomas. He was like, look, he's a penetrator. He's an interior, he's a 340 defensive end. He's an interior penetrator. He has zero flexibility. Everything's in a straight line. He's explosive and powerful in that straight line, but doesn't have length, doesn't have the bend to be an edge player. And they try to thin him out and make him an edge. If Solomon Thomas does move on, I think he could have some success. I think you need to bulk him up as much as possible. He is a defensive tackle. He's an interior defensive lineman, and he should be playing in the 290s. I would love to see that whole big board. You should post that up. Uh, I have more for you. Corey Davis was the the top of my second tier. I remember you were all over Corey Davis. Love Corey Davis, who is now a free agent, by the way. Hey, there you go. We can make this. Uh, we can make this. Actually, the 49ers could end up with a ton <laughs> of players. They already have Obi Melifonwu now from this draft. Who was uh, my? I had a second round grade on him. Carl Lawson is a free agent who was my shadow pick with in the third round with the C.J. Beathard pick. There was um, who else? Jordan Willis is now currently a 49er. Pass rusher from that draft. So there's a there was a bunch of players that the 49ers are now bringing back from that first draft they scouted. They obviously liked a lot of guys and a bunch of other free agents. Obviously, this class reaching free agency right now. A lot of them are. Um, Maybe somebody's taking a peek at your shadow 49er drafts in the past. They're <laughs> no. like, let's keep an eye on these guys when uh, they come available. This guy knows what he's doing. Hassan Reddick is an interesting one. I liked him, and he was miscast as an off-ball linebacker, and he should be a pass rusher. And if looking for a, a speedy, stand-up type of pass rusher, Hassan Reddick is your guy. I don't think. Do you hear that, Lynch? Do you hear that, Peters? Don't think he'll end up with the 49ers, but you know, maybe a team like the Ravens. You know, one of those teams I could see him going big for. Anyway, all right. right, So that's uh, we're out of time here, but that was fun. The the three. I guess the the, well. Before we leave, let's just settle on something right now. Trust your instincts, Peacock. Stop second guessing yourself. Stop chickening out. It's really weird because I saw for some reason the Dallas Cowboys are really bad at leaking their draft boards and they'll take photos in front of their draft board in the draft room on the day of the draft. And then mm-hmm. fans will see like, okay, well they just put this on cowboys.com and then they zoom in and they know exactly what the Cowboys draft board was most of the times after the draft <laughs> or at least after the first round. But it's interesting because the Cowboys have done this multiple times, seen photos of their draft board. And at the time they were on the clock, players that were ranked higher on their board were available and they didn't take them. They took different players. So uh, see, they're just trying to throw everybody off. Yeah, maybe maybe it's fake or that's a real thing. That they're drafting for positional need or drafting for sure. God knows what. That makes sense. Anyway, God knows what. That's a good yeah. reason to draft somebody. God knows what. But the whole reason I do the Shadow 49ers exercise is because the hindsight scouting bothers me. And I want to go back and pinpoint the one player I actually would have taken. I'm not going to go back and say, oh, the 49ers drafted two quarterbacks the year that Tom Brady came out. It's like. Okay, well, were you advocating at the time that they draft Tom Brady? I mean, it's just a stupid argument. So the hindsight scouting stuff, I don't like that much, which is why I do this. So I can go back and say, well, look, this is how I had him ranked. And that was a terrible decision to draft 
Solomon Thomas, who was the 15th best player at number three. <laughs> right. So I can say that, you know, because that's where I had him at the time. And Where'd you have Ruben Foster on that list? Ruben Foster was right after Corey Davis. He was the second player in the next tier. And that was, he probably would have been in the first tier if it wasn't for all the red flags and stuff. And sure. that's the, that's the worst part about all this. And the hardest part of doing this kind of thing is you don't get the face to face. You don't get the information. I bet I would be right. shocked and aghast at some of the information you get from colleges about, uh, right. about some players. It doesn't stuff leak that, out. You're like, why'd that guy fall so far? It's like, well, let me tell you, let me tell you about the <laughs> stuff that you don't know about. Like, you know, and I bet Ruben yeah. Foster is one of those. Cause every single team on the league passed on him, even though he was talented enough to go much higher. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yep. So, Broke all of our hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I loved it obviously because I had him as yeah. my what sixth ranked I player in this take class. Him you, we, you were all about him. You were like, "Let's go, I Ruben was. Foster." I think you took him when we did our our mock yeah. that year, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a linebacker, fullback guy. That's me. Always will be. The draft is crazy. It's a crapshoot, and so it, I don't think the 49ers have been amazing or terrible at drafting. But I do agree with Matt Miller. Hit it's it. an important offseason. Get quarterback yeah. right, and I think everything else kind of falls into place. And the Niners have been good enough at mid-round picks and drafting guys like George Kittle that, you know, missing on some first-round picks really hasn't hurt him. Yeah, you're right. You hit, hit later, you know, and it's good. You get a couple good guys in free agency or just undrafted free agents you can bring in, like a Jeff Wilson, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's important. And even... And I think, yeah, the the Ayuk one is pretty unfair talking about his injuries because they weren't that bad. Right. And it's not like there was a bunch of red flags with him for injuries coming into the league or anything like that. And I think he's a hit, but I still don't advise the 49ers to continue to trade up for Shanahan's guys because it did yeah. work this time. But I don't want that to be like positive reinforcement for them to be like, all right, let's go. Let's get trade crazy and trade. Let's up not for forget every... about C.J. Beathard. What was the yeah. running back's name? I, uh, I always forget. <laughs> Joe Williams. Joe Williams. Joe Williams. Yep. Never forget that one either. Amazing. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Nick, as always. My pleasure, bud. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow talking free agents on the defensive side of the ball right here. Lockdown 49ers. See ya.